Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows everything there is to know, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I got an upgrade. Yeah. How about that? Not just about. This is everything. Now I learned things about uh, sound problems. You did. You learned about grounding and plugging things and unplugging things. This is not another White Pill Wednesday. By the way, that we are going off cuff, off script today because we have a lot of things to complain about, and that's what we want to do. And this is our show. <laughs> but we can do whatever we want to do. It's going to be very important complaining. We're going to try and solve some issues and talk about how we can talk to our friends online and maybe try to solve some problems. So we're going to talk about some of the problems that are going on out there. One of the problems we had today, if you're in the live group by going to joingml.com, was uh this is the third time we tried to do the episode so far today. Mm. We had some problems. Turned out, you know, you're supposed to turn stuff off and turn it back on. Well, we did that all except for one thing. And finally, when we realized that there was one thing that had not been turned off and turned back on, that solved the problem. I like how you say we when you're describing yeah. this because yeah. this was I, our I, problem. I know. I give you way more credit than you deserve. <laughs> I understand. So anyway, this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to, especially just when we want to. And we got a lot to talk about today. Okay. Did you guys hear about that? Um, did you guys hear about that shooting that took place in the subway in New York? A lot of people got shot. That's not good. I had some ridiculous conversations online with people talking about how, uh, of course, gun control, gun laws. Mm -hmm. That's what we need. That's what would actually solve the problem. They were in New York. I don't even know how this happened because we just covered Biden getting rid of the Mm -hmm. ghost guns. Yeah. And then this happened. It was the last attempt of the ghost guns. I know. um, Beforehand. Yeah, that's what it was. I did hear, I did did hear something about a smoke bomb. Yeah. Yeah. The guy came in and, and, uh, construction outfit was it a construction outfit he was wearing a construction vest vest uh was was the thing and uh, he said i'm the vest there is and then he started doing a lot of terrible stuff yeah so i know it's not polite to joke about things but uh, that's why we're here to to take care of that problem for everyone else so you don't have to so anyway there's some information coming out by the way the guy just got apprehended i believe about an hour ago that was making the rounds on twitter so he has been apprehended they found him he was hanging out in the city still so they, they did find him. He's been arrested. And um, he's still a suspect, by the way. Let's still say suspect. He is the person that they believe was the shooter. So we'll, uh, they'll still have to make sure that that is the case. From the Daily Wire, thanks, Ben. Now, I want to I make sure that we are clear on why we're talking about this. So the headline here from the Daily Wire is, Social media post from person of interest in the subway shooting, show leftist views, report. Okay, so they're reporting on heavy.com, reporting on this. So that's what's going on. Now, why does that matter? It's not that, okay, there's a shooting, and it was a guy who holds left-wing views, and so we need to be like, ah, yeah. Allegedly, by the way. Allegedly. And it's until proven guilty. Take that, leftist. See, you know, we're... There's no such thing as white supremacists or anything like that. There's no far right wing domestic terrorist groups. It's all the left. That's not exactly what this is about. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because there are people from all walks of life, from all sides of the political spectrum that can do really bad things. It also turns out that this guy seems to have some mental problems. That's also the case. And the reason that the only reason we're mentioning this is because clearly especially over the last few years, has been the case that the only people you should be worried about in the United States committing any terrible acts, any mass killings or anything like that, are just angry white kids. That's all you got to worry about. White males. And you know what? As an angry white male, (laughs) you know, 
<laughs> I'm just going to tell you, it's not just us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do really terrible things for any reason. And the reasons behind this, we will find, uh, I don't know. We'll just look at some of the stuff that the guy had, had posted previously. See if, uh, see if that's important, but well, and, and you can't chalk it up to right wing domestic terrorism. Yeah. That's the, that's the problem is that there are people with, there are lots of people with many problems that we should be, you know, helping and holding accountable regardless of the political viewpoint. I mean, this obviously, this, this clearly wasn't sparked by Trump, right? It's not like the, the Jan six thing mm -hmm. and everything they try to compare to all that to. Uh, and so this is somebody who uh, much like we saw at the baseball field shooting, trying to kill Republican senators and congressmen. Yeah. Uh, or, and women. I don't know if there were women there. I don't think so. Congress people. I don't want to leave anybody out. Yeah. You know, cause I'm inclusive like that. And you're not a biologist. <laughs> I'm not a biologist. Yeah. So who am I? I don't even know if they're people. Congress. No way of knowing. Congress. Yeah. Congress. I'll just say Congress. So say it's very, it. it's very similar to something like that, um, where people uh, do bad things and this is, this happens. And the problem is it gets politicized. What they do is they'll pick one reason. There are a lot of reasons that people kill people and do really terrible things. All kinds of reasons. Uh, maybe for money. Maybe it's because uh, there's a, I watch a dateline a lot. So my wife and I love to watch a good story about a love triangle gone wrong where, oh. you know, someone someone does something. There's a lot of reasons. But when you're doing somebody made a square. When you're doing political work. To stay a triangle. I, yeah. I when understand. you're doing political work, you gotta find a political leaning towards things. And then you end up painting one inside one entire group of people as these evil terrorists. And then you can get people scared of them and you can get their votes and you can craft legislation against those people and you can use this all the time. So that entire conversation right there was a conversation about why we're even talking about this particular story. But right you, know, now. you want to know what my favorite type of love is? What's favorite that kind of not love triangles? Okay. I love myself. a love parallelogram. That's good. Yes. I don't know what that is, but Social media, posts, <laughs> social media post from a person of interest in connection to a mass shooting attack in New York City's subway on Tuesday showed leftist, racist, anti-Trump views, according to reports. Videos from the attack on the subway show the air was filled with white smoke from smoke bombs that have been detonated. Suspect file, fired dozens of rounds. You guys all know the thing, hitting at least 10 people. Heavy. But no one, di no one has died. No so one died far. miraculously. So I mean, that's just a pure miracle right there. Pretty crazy. Heavy.com, a fact-finding website, identified a Facebook page belonging allegedly belonging to the person of interest, which contained numerous posts that talked about shooting people and expressed other extreme views, including, quote, black nationalism, unquote. Andy No, editor-at-large for the Post Millennial, tweeted out screenshots from the Facebook account that showed posts that promoted the Black Liberation Army, Black Lives Matter, a photo of the man who murdered five police officers in Dallas in 2016, a photo, let's see, a photo of the man who uh, just said that, a photo calling to kill all the whiteies, post-quoting communist Cuban dictator Fidel Castro, post-expressing support for shooting people, and post-demonizing former President Donald Trump. The person of interest also... I don't care about the last one. Yeah, that's a lot of people right there, you know. Yeah. The person of interest also allegedly ranted in the videos about, the, about white people saying the vast majority of people... The vast majority of people, white mother effers, are racist. Okay? So, once again, why is that important? We just talked about that a lot. The point here is that you can't just look at one group of people and say that they're the only danger. In fact, this has happened a lot. You mentioned the baseball field shooting. That was a politically motivated shooting, of course. We had the, the you know, look at how the media just brushed right over that that Waukesha parade thing. You guys remember, I the believe it was in that ran over and killed people. Yeah. And, uh, I believe there was, was it in Louisville, the candidate who was, uh, attempted to be assassinated by someone else who I believe was, a a black nationalist, something like that. And, and so anyway, it's not the attack on Ron Paul or, or, led, or close to the whole the whole point of this whole thing, Brand Paul's, you were talking about that. Mm, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Rand. Um, the whole point of all this is that they want to drum up a bunch of fear and hatred really just to win votes. And what you notice is that that's all they're doing all the time for everything.
just keep that in mind all the time. We've got clearly, blatantly obvious examples of why you should be worried about anyone who is radicalized and prone to violence and full of hate, and they got hate in their heart that they want to let out, of course. But of course, the media really only wants to push you towards one. And I'm not saying that you need to go out there and be worried that that you're going to die in a mass shooting, be worried about black nationalists or anything like that. This isn't some kind of big fear porn thing. It's just, hey, we all need to realize there's dangers all over the place. Let's not just use political violence from only one group of people as just a way to get votes. Now, Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, the Daily Beast put out an article about this, not mentioning anything that he said about white people. I went through the whole thing. I went through the whole article, and here's what he here's what they had to say about this guy. And I'm not saying it's not true. It's just interesting what they chose to point out, the Daily Beast, and what the Daily Wire chose to point out. Because I believe both of these things are true. And to look at the bias in this reporting. So they talk about the videos that he had put on his YouTube. They say, in the videos, James offers commentary on major news events from Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars to Kentonji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court nomination to the war in Ukraine. In most of the videos, James seems to express his disdain for black people, often calling them cattle and racial slurs, and talks about his desire to kill people, even describing himself as a prophet of doom. Quote, N-words should be wiped off the planet, even though I am one, end quote. In the video, James seems to take direct aim at Adams, the mayor of New York, warning him that his, quote, blueprint for ending gun violence was doomed to fail. And he said, because I see some serious flaws in his plan. I don't know about some of it. I know part of it is definitely flawed and it's doomed to failure. Those are the things that they mentioned he had said in the past. And that was it. So what did they what did they choose to mention? They mentioned the potentially uh, negative things he said about black people and the fact that he didn't think that the mayor of New York's plan for gun control was going to work. And I'm going to prove it. And those are the two things they chose. Yeah. So he is a black person hating gun nut is what he came across from this article. Mm hmm. They even mentioned that he uh, he talked about uh, Kentonji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court nomination. He did. I saw the video. You know what he said? He said that he was mad that her husband was white. That's what he had to say about the new Supreme Court justice. They didn't mention that in the article because they were clearly only trying to talk about one thing. That's it. I just found that really crazy. Well, and it's all... You're just looking for supporting evidence of what you want to say already. Yeah. It's like anytime there's any type of gun violence, how can we spin this to where we can push more gun control and whatever we find to support our cause, that's what we're going to print. Because you can't admit that potentially you're wrong. You know, what's unfortunate is most people in New York couldn't even protect themselves. Now, look, from a gun perspective, it would be difficult to protect yourself in a smoke-filled subway. Mm-hmm. He did throw some smoke bombs first. So you wouldn't really know what you were shooting at. So it might be difficult, but at least like at least in Tennessee or other places, you would have an opportunity at, or you would have the opportunity to carry something that would allow you to protect yourself potentially. Yeah. I, so the, uh, the conversation I had online with someone who was talking about how we needed gun control, what they posted when this is right when the story first happened and they posted the family Christmas photo of Thomas Massey and his family and said, how can you, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically what do you expect when we have families like this out here glorifying guns and everything? Like, what do you expect from, and so my response was, if any of those people would have been on the subway, then we would have had a lot less people shot and a, and a dead suspect. Like that, that's, that's what you would have had. And of course we went back and forth uh, a little bit to the point where it, I felt like I was just beating my head up against a brick wall and talking about how, okay, your gun laws. You think this guy actually cares about gun laws? Was he legally carrying a gun in New York? No. Nope. No. So what? I was trying to ask the person on Twitter, what gun law do you want to craft that's going to stop this from happening? 
And they eventually said that there wasn't a law that was going to stop this from happening. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So why are you talking about gun control on this post about this shooting right well, here? Well, we fact, we covered the, the mass shooting that happened in Texas at the church. We showed the video. We did, we, this was about two years ago, right? When we covered this, we showed the video of this guy uh, uh, taken out by a concealed gun carry um, churchgoer. Deacon at the church, I think. Deacon, yeah. Um, and the guy only was able to kill two people. And he had a whole church full of people. He could have killed a lot more, probably. Mm-hmm. And he was only able to fire off two rounds before he was dropped. Yeah. And so that, like, that's the difference, is you at least have the opportunity to protect yourself. Because you're unless you round up all the guns and have a, a, a giant, that'd be a big bonfire. I mean, a big old bonfire, hot enough to melt iron. I was going to say, it's going to be a real hot bonfire, real hot too. Bonfire. Yeah. Unless you do all that, which still, Bobby, by the way, wouldn't stop guns because you can produce them pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And all you need is a piece of pipe and some other things. It's pretty easy to make a gun now. Ghost gun kits. That's all you need. Well, yeah. 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 Before they're banned, you guys should order all of them before they're banned. Um, but anyway, not like you can't file the serial number off anyway. But anyway, uh, so those types of situations at least you would have the opportunity to protect yourself and all more gun laws are going to do is make this easier for criminals to do. It's not even about whether or not someone else with a gun would be able to stop the person. It's also just knowing that there is a chance. Do you think, so let's say what's the amount of people that are going to go to a subway car full of people and shoot it up in, in New York where no one's allowed to have any guns. So let's just say over a span of 10 years, how many people are going to do that? Apparently it's like one, but you know, let's say it's a few. Okay. And then let's think, okay, at any time, any number of those people in those cars could also have guns. And so when you're, you're picking people and you're deciding you're going to commit this kind of shooting, are you more likely to pick a place where you think no one's going to shoot you as soon as you start shooting? Or are you going to pick a place where maybe as soon as I pull my gun out, someone's going to lay me out real quick? You know, and and so it it's not even about whether or not the guy could actually take him out. It's, it's also that that decreased incentive. It's also that that just barrier to thinking thinking that I don't just have a free for all here for as long as I want to mm-hmm. to pick people off. And so and those are the crimes that you don't. That's an unseen problem. You don't know how many of those crimes are prevented. You know, right. we don't have that number. Okay, let's go on to the next article here. Switching gears to some commies. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna hit a whole span of issues here today. Oh, I'm excited about the next article too. The one after this, it's fun. Okay, it should have been a dumb bleep, but it's too good. I wanted I wanted more time. You you wanted it for the not a white pill Wednesday. Not a white pill because Wednesday. This is not a white pill Wednesday. Mm-hmm. All right, from uh, from Hannah Cox at fee.org and basedpolitics.com. China shows yet again that communists have no respect for life. In recent days, the world was as watched in horror as residents of Shanghai have been locked in their homes by their government. Why? The authorities in China are pursuing a senseless and impossible goal of zero COVID cases, despite the fact that the virus has a death rate of less than 1% and a vaccine is readily available. The 25 million residents of the city, Jesus Christ, by the way. It's a big city. 25 million residents of the city have been locked in their homes while their food supplies dwindle and medicines are running out. Their government is supposed to be delivering these items to the homes of of its citizens, but unsurprisingly, it is failing to do so in an organized or timely manner. Imagine that. They literally, they've got people, like, you're locked in your homes. You can't get, we're going to play a video here in a second. It's it's ridiculous. Amanda just said this is truly wretched stuff. I mean, that's that's true. It's crazy that this is going on in in 2022 still. I mean, I understand 2021 that's going on, you know, 2022, come 2020, on. Yeah. CNN reports people have been unable to receive medical care, even for emergencies, without a negative COVID test. Now, don't just brush over that fact right there. CNN reports people have been unable to receive medical care, even for emergencies. Unless they have a negative COVID test. Just think for a second about how ridiculous that is. Like, what's, what's your goal? Remember how many times we talked about if you set one goal, no COVID. 
She might be able to do that, mm-hmm. possibly. Just keep everyone locked away, even but though she they let all of them die. Yeah, which, <laughs> but it wasn't from COVID. Yeah, and that was your point. And this is the logical conclusion of that. So that's why that's why this is so important. This is a logical conclusion of that ideology. Patients. Uh uh, patients with chronic illnesses or those in need of surgery have been denied care indefinitely. And videos show authorities killing family pets who escaped into the streets. The New York Times reports residents chanting, we want supplies. We don't want to starve to death. Now, I also, I, I did see on TikTok there was an American living in China, in Shanghai, who also was locked in. And um, she was able... I, th- I think at one point to walk her dog at night, but then now they weren't even allowed to do that. So they were like having their dog poop in bags. It was pretty, it was pretty gross. Surprised she was able to put it on TikTok, honestly. Yeah. Um, I was surprised this video right here made it out, but this is someone recording. This is people in their homes, in their apartment buildings, and a little bit of a scream protest here, but this is the people that are locked in their homes at night. Now the guy's narrating over the top of it in Chinese. Okay, but, um, you know, so you just have to imagine maybe we can do the translation. I'm not sure. And I'm part Japanese. I can, I can do that yeah. possibly, but I don't know they share some dialect, but I don't know if we'll be able to do it today in real time. Let's see. The system's all messed up. This is up not funny, yeah. by the way. The whole thing's not funny, but, you know, you know how we are about stuff. Play. <laughs> It sounds like hell. It does. Is that the whipping and gnashing of teeth that the Bible speaks about? (sighs) Yeah, guys, that's uh, those are people that are locked in their homes and they're screaming. Uh, It's pretty gross. It's a pretty gross stuff. Continuing on here after those. God awful screams. Good Lord. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It's it's terrible. Um, so none of this is actually reducing COVID cases, by the way. They passed 20,000 last week, a peak higher than uh, than that seen in Wuhan in 2020. The draconian measures being pursued by the CCP and the tragic results we are witnessing are a reminder of just how deadly this authoritarian ideology can be. Indeed, communism has killed more people and caused more suffering than any other ideology in history. And in China, the leaders of the CCP are proving yet again that human life will never be valued under any communist system. You know, it's a, it's pretty sad that that's happening. And it's all, it is interesting that I'm seeing a lot of mainstream media outlets actually start to cover this stuff now. I think because they kind of have to. There's so many people in the city. There's videos leaking out of the of the whole thing happening and so they're having to they're having to cover all this now Uh, but this is the logical conclusion of this collectivist ideology it really is it's the the whole over the individual even though in this case that's not really what's happening it's just becoming an authoritarian regime that can't let go of something well and you saw a lot of people in america who wanted to use some similar measures Mm mm-hmm here to stop the spread of COVID. Oh, I see people still defending it on videos like this, that these people needed to realize that it's this or a lot of people die from COVID, you know, still making the excuses for it. It might've just been a bunch of China bots, but, but who knows, you know, they were, they were making a lot of points. You saw people making about Australia at, at the same time. And so this is why you have to have such a, you have to have such a strong foundational principle of individual liberty. So the the sovereignty of the individual that each person owns themselves and that's how you have to try to prevent this kind of thing from happening and that is why people like charles and i get worried when we see that ideology 
going out the window. Mm-hmm. You see that portrayed in a negative way. You see that portrayed as selfish. You're not thinking about the community, the community, the, the communism, the community. You're just, you're, you're just thinking about yourself, you know, but the thing is no, we've but, all got rights. Well, I'm thinking about each individual person pursuing yeah. their own separate self-interest exactly, and allowing them the freedom to do so and not thinking that I know what's best for them or that I can shape or direct their life in a certain way that's going to be better for everyone else. Because caring about the most people, you know this if you have kids, by the way, try to, try to mold your kids into something. They're going to do the complete opposite. The best thing you can do is set people free. If you love them, you got to let them go. Right? Yeah. Their, their feathers are too pretty. Kid wants to kid wants to play in the street. Just gotta say yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not what I'm course. saying. Don't don't twist my tea. <laughs> no problem, Nate. <laughs> don't All twist right. your tea. I like your conspiracy theory. By the way, I think we should cover this. By the way, I had to mention the Hannah in Hannah's article. She goes on uh, in a lot better fashion than we could. She ends up talking about quotes from Ayn Rand that actually is exactly where Charlie went with this. That you cared about everyone else having their own individual rights, their their own right to make their own decisions, and that's what individualism actually is. It's not yourself at the expense of everyone else. It's everyone has that same right that I do, and that's why. You know, it's portrayed as this at inherently the, at, selfish ideology. At the least possible expense ever. <laughs> yeah. I care about myself having these rights, and I also believe that everyone else has these rights. And so anyway, make sure you go to the link in the show notes and read that and listen to Brad and Hannah's podcast for crying out loud. For, Come on. For crying sakes. You said you like the conspiracy theory. I, I label do. it a conspiracy theory in the show notes. Yeah, I know. I, I like <laughs> this. So you said uh, China is doing this to further damage the supply chain in economies around the world. They are conducting a war, but it's not a, it's not your typical war that you would see. It could be an, an economic or medical war. Now, I do find it interesting, um, even my wife, who is a medical professional, is saying that this is a virus unlike anything we've ever seen, and the possibility that it was actually created in some sort of biological warfare is a higher probability than she would even like to admit. Yeah. Okay. Because she says that the way that this thing mutates, how quickly it mutates, the different um, procedures that you perform to help the person actually hurt or cause it to go airborne and all these different types of things. Um, And so she even was like, you can't convince me that this wasn't a potential, um, conducted experiment slash biological type of weapon. Yeah. And I wasn't talking about the virus itself, by the way, I was talking about their response because Shanghai is a massive city with massive supply chain ramifications and that's causing a lot of issues. And the the supply chain problems are one of the major factors with our inflation and also printing, you know, several trillion dollars and giving that out to everyone at the same time, restricting the supply from everything. So whether or not the virus was created and released intentionally, aside from that, even if it were all totally an accident, came from some kind of dirty bat in the wet market, I think that this whole, because what I can't figure out is this, is this zero COVID lockdown thing, like Hannah pointed out in the article, you're talking about a virus that first off on its head has a less than 1% mortality rate. And then and on, on top of that, legs, less than that. Yeah. And on top of that, we got a vaccine for it as well, you know? And so, and they've been talking about shutting this down because of asymptomatic cases. And I, I understand that can spread to people where it's not going to be symptomatic eventually, but they're even talking an extremely small percentage of the numbers so far have even been symptomatic at all. I'm talking the other day, I saw a number of 26,000 cases that they had out there and like 25,600 of them were asymptomatic. And that's why they're shutting down an entire city of 25 million people. Mm. That's what leads me to believe. I don't know. This, to me, this involves one of two things. This authoritarian regime, it's got to prove that it has control still. And also, when they've had this zero COVID policy, they can't take a loss on something. They can never admit that a regime like this, and we see it in their own government as well, they can never admit that they're wrong about something. They can't say that they were wrong because when they say that they were wrong, that in itself says that they can be wrong. 
And then the idea it that delegitimizes their the, position and power. The idea that they can be wrong will lead people to question their decisions later on in the future. And so they can't admit that they were wrong because it destroys the whole regime. Chain. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And and so they, they can't let go of this. And then the other side of it is if they are, in fact, they got some kind of evil plan when it comes to domination well, let, let over me, the world. Let me, let me just ask you a question, I'm, you know, because this obviously is a conspiracy theory. But let me just ask the question. If you were if you wanted to bring down America and you knew because of their guns and their military that you couldn't invade or bomb them or like, you know, nuke them into submission, what would be one way to bring them down? You get them to destroy themselves. You take I mean, down their economy that's heavily dependent on you. And then also the fact that Russia for 20 years has been increasing its gold reserves, has been increasing its yuan reserves, the Chinese yuan, and all these things have been happening for 20 years. Do we think that this is an accident? Or ask yourself, is this an accident? Now, it could be that the virus is potentially an accident, but they maybe used it at to exploit supply chain issues and all kinds of other things that are happening. And now they're continuing to exploit the supply chain issues. I talked with somebody yes last night who's in the energy sector who thinks is predicting that we're going to see another three to four dollars added on to our gasoline prices by this time next year. You're talking about another hundred percent increase in what we're paying at the pump right now. That's and not then, and then food shortages like you can't imagine because of of how much is going to be short coming out of Ukraine and Russia because they produce like 70% of the world's wheat, by the way. Yeah, we'd have to find something to stop that. From I know that, okay, so there's there's an issue with that theory. I do think that that, that, that could happen. The, the only reason I see it not happening is because I don't think it's possible. So I think they'd be charging 10 bucks a gallon for fuel right now if they could, uh, obviously. Every company wants to charge the most that they can for their products, but people can't afford that. And so for gas to be $3 a gallon more next year, you'd also have to say that people can afford $3 a gallon more next year. Like that's not even possible. So would they rather sell no fuel at all? Now, there's going to have to be some massive uh, money printing associated with that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Are you saying that our inflation can't reach levels of... 200, 500, 1,000. The Fed's 10, got this under control, Charlie. There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> nothing to see here. Yeah. We're going to go, we're going to be very, very responsible, is what we're going to do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let's head on to the next thing. I mean, people are already calling for money printing. We covered that on Don't Believe of the Week a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. You yes. see, yeah. There's always people calling for that, for sure. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Okay. This, this article from MSNBC, it's fun. All right. It's also one of the most poorly written articles I've ever we've ever covered on the uh, on the podcast before. I thought my writing was bad because I write in the style that I speak and like I'm just speaking. I'm writing mm -hmm. it out. I might change something around every now and then. I, I'm sorry. Can I just say one more thing to wrap up? Oh what yeah, we were sure. just talking about before we switch gears. Yeah, I will allow it. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to say is like, what can you do about this? Right. As you're looking around the world and what's happening, people are being locked down and shot in the street, supply chain issues, inflation, prices are going up everywhere. You can't afford anything. What like what can you do about that? And the best piece of advice I have for you, which is what I said at the beginning of this pandemic and what I've said multiple times, which is pay attention, pay attention. I'm going to say just give up and just take oh. the easy way out. <laughs> Just go ahead and infect it's, yourself. It's a black pill Wednesday. <laughs> no, what the, the, the real solution is to pay attention. And then I'm not like, I'm again, I'm not a doomsday. Like you need to build a bunker type of thing, but just be prepared, pay attention and maybe just abstract the idea of like, what are the potential scenarios that could take place? If let's say inflation hits a thousand percent or 2000% in America or a hundred percent, even like, let's just abstract some things out and be like, okay, what would I do in this situation? You know, everybody hates fire drills, but if a fire does come, it's always nice to know like, okay, how do I get out of here? Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing I'm talking about with some of my clients when it comes to disaster recovery. It's like, oh, well, what happens if your server goes down? 
Like, what's your plan? How are you going to come back up? How are you going to restore? Um, and those are the types of things that, and no one knows what's best for you and your family than you and your family. There's no like, there's no roadmap that you can come up with except uh, for yourself. Okay. Like now there are ideas that you can have. I mean, I think that it would probably be good to maybe stock up on some canned goods or some foods, foods like that. Maybe um, increase your human skills to be able to uh, do other things in a market that people Sounds found. Sounds like you need to have, learn how to hunt and purify found, water, probably. That people find valuable. Yeah. yeah. Learn how to start fire with your mind. <laughs> yeah. Just just typical human s- skills. Simple yeah. things like that. Human capital. Just boost yeah. that up. And, no, uh, but, but in all seriousness, um, you know, some things like that, that, you, that are easy to do right now. And look, if you don't need it, you don't need it. But... I can tell you, as for me and my family, there are a few things that we're doing just just in case uh, something transpires where those things might be necessary. Like that cow that you're buying? Yeah. Yeah. What if the power goes out? Generator. Mm. At least for a while. (laughs) At least for a while. (laughs) Now, I have ultimate white privilege, of course, because my family farms a couple thousand acres. We have basically unlimited food and unlimited water, spring water supply, at and nearly unlimited guns as well. And so my piece from that is, one, I'm not telling you where they live. Okay. How are you going to get there? I'll find my way up there. I've looked at the highways to take the, take the road up there, <laughs> take the long road. I know how to walk up there if I have to. We've filmed seven seasons of me walking up there, fighting off the walking dead the whole time, just trying to make it up to my dad's house. Okay. But okay. So what the takeaway from that is, why do I not, if everything goes to, and I mean, just total downfall at all, just falls apart. I'm, I'm honestly like, that would suck. I'm not worried about like, dying or anything if i make it up there we could live forever up there and so what do you take away from that learn how to garden get some water stuff like that that's all all i'm saying is i have an unlimited food supply because they can grow all the food they want mm-hmm. and i have unlimited water and a lot of guns and he's got pure water which means he's probably close to lake minnetonka mm-hmm. yeah so i purify myself every <laughs> single summer okay this article right here like i said it's like the worst written article i was going to clean it up so i could read from it easier But I thought that it would be better to read this from MSNBC. Mansion's cold-blooded move to push millions of Americans back into poverty. Now, that's the article headline on the front page of MSNBC. The actual article title is How Joe Manchin Killed Biden's Child Tax Credit. A little bit more sensible Mm -hmm. title, but not the attention-grabbing headline that's on the front page of MSNBC. Cold-blooded. That made me pick on. So... Millions of families are suffering because of the loss of Biden's expansion of the child tax credit, resulting in an increase in child poverty by something like 41%. Under Biden, Democrats conducted the most effective attack on child poverty in American history. Manchin all but single-handedly destroyed those efforts when he killed the Build Back Better plan. Single-handedly in a democracy, did it? This guy single-handedly only by himself. (laughs) What a lot of power dictator has! Under a classic capitalist economy, the only way to get income is either by working or owning property. Ah, yes, your classic capitalist economy, Mm. where you get value when you've provided value to to other people. It's a terrible. Terrible society. By the way, the alternative to that is that other people work and then you take their money after they work. That's the, that's the other side of that. Mm-hmm. People who can't work and don't own much will therefore tend to be poor. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, if you examine government survey data, about 90% of people in poverty are either children, students, unemployed, disabled, retired, or caring for someone. So they did. they read the surveys, by the way. Don't worry, you don't need to. And it does turn out that most people who are poor are people who don't have an income. They went ahead and found Mm. that whole thing out for you. Okay. That's why the best welfare states in the world provide income to all those groups. Providing the income is uh, from other people's money, by the way. Even in the United States, which is extremely miserably by European standards. Is that even a word? I I don't think so. We have Social Security benefits for older and disabled people. I think they meant to say extremely miserable. Yeah, I guess so. 
maybe it's miserable. I don't, I don't know. Miserable would be miserable, miserably, miserably, extremely miserably. There's no mm. B in there. Come on. There's no B. Okay, so we have those programs, by the way, which you paid into like your whole life. You know, most people do when you're mm. working. And so we have these programs to help people out. Do I think that we need those programs? No. I mean, a lot of people don't even get back what they paid into it. It's this fake Ponzi scheme retirement program where you're, you lose money over time and also other people take money from the money that you put into it and they do a piss poor job growing the money. They actually just use it for other stuff and call it investment. It's, it's not a logbox. Okay. Right in the lockbox. Children are particularly common, are a particularly common cause of poverty because they don't work yet require income to sustain because most of them are born when their parents are young and at their lowest earning point in the career cycle and because they require expensive childcare so parents can return to work. This is actually the full sentence. That was all one sentence right there. Yeah. You copied that word for I word, did. didn't you? This, this is on MSNBC. <laughs> you're telling me they me published. I write for them. You're telling me they published this. Now, now don't. Don't forget is you won't let the kids work. Okay. Like you're the guys, you're the ones advocating, <laughs> not allowing children to work. So blame yourself for so this. Who's one. the problem now? There's plenty of kids that want to work and you won't let them with these child labor laws. Now the ridiculous, the point of this is not to make fun of the person's writing skills. Okay. It just has to be pointed out. We're going to also talk about the content of the article because you got to beat their ideas with ideas, not by making fun of the way that they presented their ideas. Okay. But that's fun to do. It is also fun. <laughs> All right. These. Okay. But let me ask you a question here. Yeah. Um, what was the income for 90% of the entire world's population in 1895? It's probably less than a dollar a day. In to, well, not today's money in 2020's money. Yeah. <laughs> we less. can't even calculate our money right now. <laughs> Today, it's probably less than a dollar fifty a day, <laughs> considering we printed like six trillion dollars between you know twenty twenty and now. Yeah, but uh, literally in in twenty, I can say with confidence in twenty twenties money or twenty nineteens money, less than a dollar a day was almost everyone's income essentially. So, and the kids had to work, by the way, because you didn't want to die. All the kids worked. Yeah, all the kids worked, and if your kid lived. Mm-hmm. They worked. If your wife survived childbirth, which she spent the, literally 14 to 40. Which basically you just had kids until your wife didn't survive childbirth. Exactly. It's pretty much the and rule. And then most of your kids died. Mm -hmm. And a few of them survived. You know? We were like, we were like mice. Or so you're saying we're better off right now. Whatever. I, I don't, well, I don't know, Nate. <laughs> so back then the children had to work and now yeah. they don't. These these costs are why single mothers have about the worst poverty rate of any group in the country. Colon. Aside from all these other problems, they often get trapped in a situation where, ch where childcare is so expensive that going back to work makes no financial sense. And so in that, what they're basically saying right there is uh, you have a child out of wedlock or you get divorced, the guy leaves, something like that. And then they're, they're stuck in a situation where they can't go back to work because they're trying to raise a kid. All right. Now, first off, I can point out examples that it's still possible to raise, to, to raise the kid and, and go back to work. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do it. I used to go to college classes with my mom. I remember the college classes when I was uh, four or five years old. She took me. Or sometimes I just sat out, sit out in the car all day and listen to the radio. Because you could still do that. You can't do back that. Then. You can't do that anymore. It was like 1992, <laughs> and I could still sit in the car all day and listen to the radio. Mm -hmm. And you know, my mom. No one called the cops on my mom. Right? No one tried to break the window or anything like that. So you can do this. I'm not saying it's easy. It is possible. But my question is: so that, here's the problem they're identifying. You have this kid out of wedlock. You got a single mother, and we have to make sure that we take money from other people who did find a way to get a job and made enough money that they had so much extra that they could pay for someone else's life situations. My question is, what type of society would you like to incentivize to exist in the future? Because being in that situation, now if you thought everything was good and then you know you come home one day and you find out, well, it looks like I'm getting divorced, you know, and now I'm a single mom. 
and I, and I don't have any resources or anything. Okay, stuff happens. That that definitely happens. All right. There are people who need help. Of course That's, there are. There are legitimate people who need legitimate help. But what I'm what I'm wondering is if you just set up the society where no matter what decisions you make in life, no matter how many kids you choose to have, no matter how many bad decisions you made, we're going to make sure we take money from other people and give it to you. By force, actually. We'll put the other people in prison if they don't give their money to you because of the life situation that you're in right now. All right. And in fact, the more bad decisions or the more bad things that happen to you, the more money we're going to take from that other person. So maybe one was a was a mistake, potentially. No kids are mistakes. They're all beautiful gifts from God. Okay. Mm-hmm. No matter how many mistakes you made, we'll just take more money from other people. There's no incentive to not do that anymore. And so what I'm wondering is, what is the incentive to not do that? That is my problem with the safety net system. It's not that I want people to starve to death in the streets. It's not that I don't care about single moms. I just told you about my single mom, lived in a trailer park, went to college with her because she had to go back to college after she got a divorce. Okay, times were tough. And she did an awesome job. And I learned a lot from her, for sure. A lot of my work ethic. I got very lucky with the family that I have, for sure. All right. I'm just asking... What society do we want to have? What is the end result a hundred years down the line where no matter what decisions you make in life, we're just going to take money from other people and give it to you. No problem. And What's also, the end result of that? And also, why do we trust the government as the institution to be the steward to take care of these people? And I think Ron Paul said it best, you know, when he, he was asked about healthcare in the 2012 debates and he said, I was a physician in 1964 before they passed Medicare. He's like, the churches take care of them. The people took care of them. He's like, we didn't turn anybody away because they couldn't pay us. I did not deliver a baby because the mom couldn't pay me not to deliver a baby. I didn't say no. Like the people found ways to take care of other people. And you know, I like what Jordan Peterson says about this because like, you're not giving inequality. It's due diligence. Which is like, my mom told me a long time ago, life ain't fair. And she didn't hang around your mom long enough to realize that ain't ain't a word. Mm. So my mom told me, ain't life ain't fair. And your mom would be like, it is not. I said ain't, and then my mom made me write it on the chalkboard a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Your Kidding. mom hates the word ain't. She, yeah, she hates that word. She does. But my mom, my mom said that life ain't fair, and um, it, like. You, the default human condition, especially for the, the 99.99% of human uh, existence, has been a brutal and quite like unbelievable. You would never want to be born, ever. Mm-hmm. It was the worst conditions imaginable for human beings, just trying to find food and those types of things. And it's just within the last 150 years that we've become so rich that we've forgotten what it was like to actually uh, to actually be poor and starve. And rather than incentive, like you said, rather than incentivizing people to find purpose and meaning and encourage them and let them know that they are capable and that they're smart enough and that they can go out in the world and make something of themselves. Rather than that, we incentivize people through things like the child tax credit to uh, keep having kids so that you can keep getting money. And we're yeah. just going to raise that. And, in, and then, in fact, you say that the only reason you don't have any money is because of uh, Elon Musk. Exactly. And that's why. There you go. Uh, good welfare states have a whole complex a whole complex of institutions to help parents deal with the expenses of raising children. Paid parental leave so new fathers and mothers can have time off work. Subsidized or public daycare. Free public school and child allowance to help with expenses. And so they, you know, originally... We were talking about how you know, the U.S. was such a terrible place compared to all of the other developed nations, of course. And they talk about these good welfare states. They've got great things. You know what else they have that no one is pushing for, which we haven't talked about in the bit, is really high taxes on the people's income and really low taxes on the corporations, where they incentivize production and then they tax the people's earnings 
somewhere upwards of 50% in some places. And the corporations are down at the 21.5% uh, corporate tax. Okay. They know they, they know where the actual goods are coming from. They don't want to cut off the hand that feeds the uh, mouth and the, uh, and the plant, you know, <laughs> like my granddaddy used to say. I wouldn't want to do know? that either. They don't want to do that. All right. So plants. while you're talking about the welfare states of the other countries, what I would just ask is that you present a tax policy that looks like those other countries and not the tax policy that looks like Venezuela's tax policy. That's what I would want to say. But it's not just taxing their income like they have a VAT tax, mm -hmm. by the way, which the consumer pays. They tell you when you're in Europe, there's a line for VAT tax, by the way, on your receipt. I was just there in Italy. Literally, you have the price, sales tax, VAT tax. It's all added together. And guess who pays it? You do. Not the companies. Yeah. So this whole value added tax, all the different ways. I mean, people are taxed upwards probably when you look at all the total 60, 70 maybe sometimes 80% when you factor in different types of purchases. And so sure. Yeah. Pay for all of that. If you basically work for free, you're working basically for the government. So until 2021, America had no child allowance. And I highlighted the word allowance right there because the government apparently is your freaking daddy that needs to give you an allowance <laughs> just for simply existing on the allowance. The allowance comes out of other people's work that they are doing. They use the word allowance right there, and I almost shoved my fist through the computer screen when I was reading it. Allowance? Are you kidding me? Thanks, Daddy. And therefore, reliably about one-fifth of all children lived in poverty because the government have, was not giving any parents an allowance for existing. <laughs> That's why. their chores. Yeah. <laughs> By far the highest such figure among rich countries. The child tax credit was designed to rectify this problem. Now it had its problems. Colon. For one, comma, it was inexplicably administered by the IRS instead of the Social Security Administration, which meant many of the poorest people missed out because they don't file taxes which and could they not. they don't pay taxes. They also. don't pay taxes. <laughs> many of the poorest people missed out because they don't file taxes. Okay. We could use that for other conversations as well. Yeah. But it also, this Biden tax credit, also had the great virtue that even parents with no labor income were theoretically eligible. Well, let's give them some theoretical money then. <laughs> and it boosted the payment from 2000 to 3600 All right. The previous child tax credit required labor income to qualify, meaning the poorest people who needed the money the most got nothing. When the expanded tax credit was implemented, child poverty fell to just 12%. That was a fake fall, the 12%. You know about it. The, literally, the amount of money they're giving, you've paid extra in inflation during that time, but we don't count that as... Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Someone help. Someone help. Manchin, I remember we are talking about him, reportedly hated this part of the Biden child tax credit. That's that you didn't have to have a job or be trying to work to be able to get it, have any reported income. Telling colleagues that recipients would spend the money on drugs instead of child care. Now, I think that's probably a little bit far-fetched. That's all they're going to spend it on. Yeah. Oh, considering Biden was handing out this, the, the crack. This, yeah. Why go buy drugs? You're going to get your Biden crack pipes anyway. <laughs> Probably comes with your first bag of crack right there. There's my Biden crack. I just got my first bag in the mail. Got Obama's phone and Biden's crack. <laughs> this is probably false, by the way. Studies show that virtually all recipients spent the money on daily necessities. Yes, because when people are asking you in a, in a study whether or not you use your money to buy drugs or if you use it for daily necessities... <laughs> The drug addicts were very, very particular about which one they marked off for sure. And they're honest as hell, let me tell you yeah. what, them drug addicts. They never lie about no, anything. At all. Anyway, I don't, you know, I don't care about that part Not that quite you as would much. Know. <laughs> <laughs> the fact he didn't try to get rid of the normal child tax credit shows that what he is really against is the working class getting any money without having to work for it. <laughs> This can't be real. <laughs> I'm going to say that sentence again really quick. Okay. Now, remember, in the context of this conversation, 
in the context of the conversation, what this person <laughs> is upset about is that the old child tax credit required you to have income to be able to qualify for the tax credit. They think that people who don't work should be able to get the child tax credit. And what this clearly proves is that Manchin doesn't care about the working class. He's against the working class getting any money without having to work for it. <laughs> I am crying. I'm I can't believe it's real. I'm laughing. That's so a real hard. thing. That's why. I, <laughs> I just, I didn't figure we'd have enough time on on dumb bleep to talk about this. But oh my gosh, this is a dumb bleep of the week right here. <laughs> it's fine for middle class people to get benefits if they have earnings, but not for destitute single mothers who can't afford to work. Okay, there's the article. Yeah, right there. That's just golden uh, right there. That's good stuff. So we not we shouldn't expect the working class to work is yeah. the main thing. Well, the problem is that you only want the working class to get money <laughs> by working for it. And you, working. the working class should not be required to work. <laughs> okay? That is a ridiculous <laughs> idea that your working class would have to work to get things. Mm. You want to be part of of the working class that doesn't work. I didn't realize I had that. That's the part that I you want to be a part I had of. That subcommittee. Yeah. Of yeah, you know that class. guy down the street? Yeah. Just asking you for money? It's part of the working class. For sure, working class. Sir, person. would you say you're upper class, middle class, working <laughs> class, or the non working working class? Oh, and this is by Ryan Cooper. For anyone who wants to let them know just how beautiful this article was, the link will be in the show notes. And by the way, there's still another thing that we have in here, but good Lord, we're already at over an hour right yeah. now. We were going to round all this out. By the way, the, the structure of the show was supposed to be the political divide, the false narratives, this, this new topic with the subway shooting and how we're all just being divided. And I was going to go into what we're looking at in China, the logical conclusion of what happens in this collectivist mindset and authoritarianism and something that's causing supply chain problems, all of that. And then we go into the mentality of people in the United States through this article right here of expecting the working class to work and not giving people their allowance, which says way more than you think it does, that that's actually what someone would want to call it is an allowance. That is literally what these children think that they need. Mm. Now we should help people. We should help people. All right. But you don't get points by having someone else put a gun to someone else's head and take that money, set half of it on fire, take another half of what's left over, put it in their pockets, and then give half of it to one of the other friends, the half that's left over, down to an eighth right now, and then the eighth of it goes to the person that you're trying to help. Like, that's not After you getting credit for help. they fill out 50 pages of paperwork. Yeah. yeah. And Correctly. That, that's not helping people. Okay, what actually helps people? How do you actually have a society... That's going to make it more than the next freaking 10 years into yeah. the future. Not with this mentality. That's not how it works. And then we are going to round it out by the inflation problems that we have right now with the new inflation numbers. The study showing that the, yes, the stimulus checks worse than inflation. We have worse inflation than the other uh, OECD countries. And we, in fact, gave out a lot more money. That was from reason.com. And then talking about the actual root cause of our problems. And we're not going to have time to round it out today. You know, we'll have to carry it on to another episode because yep. we we talk about things in, in a bunch of episodes. Mm -hmm. That's why you got to go listen to more than one. I want to tell you a personal story about last night. I was talking to my wife because Earmuffs. I was talking to my wife. Uh, my son Parker had his little kindergarten thing last night. He's, he'll be in kindergarten this fall, and so we went to his little kindergarten hoorah they called it a sneak a peek and i just thought that was creepy yeah that's weird yeah sneak a peek at kindergarten which i was like this is kind of weird sneaking uh, peeking well things. you sound like a right-wing extremist so anyway i mean i didn't say anything i'm like okay well just, i'll just call it his kindergarten like woohoo thing and uh so anyway we went there and like yesterday was a really busy day my son also had a doctor's appointment and then uh, you know i run a business and a couple of them and we do a couple different things and I was telling Stephanie last night, I'm like, 
how do how do people have the time to do it all? Like, how could I be there every day for my son's practices eventually? Like, if he goes into golf or hockey, whatever it is he decides to do, go to all the parent-teacher conferences, know his teachers, and advocate for him and those types of things, run the businesses, make make money, invest. Like all Like, how do people have time for all of this? And the truth is, you don't. Most people don't. You yeah. don't. You have to make sacrifices somewhere, okay? You have to prioritize and decide for yourself. Now, of course, it, it's a lot easier for people who um, who either make a lot of money or come from a lot of money or, or you partner up with somebody who has more free time or something like that. Like, of course, those different types of things are easy. And for your family, you have to prioritize and decide, okay, who's going to focus on what and who's going to do this? Because, I mean, I want to... I obviously want to be present in my child's life and encourage him and be there for the practices and cheer him on and whatever it may be. And I want to get to know that I want to do it all. But the truth is you can't, you just can't. That's what stepdads are for. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so every time I try to lay something out for these folks, <laughs> you just come in with your off the cuff, ridiculous, Ness. Ridiculousness with Nick. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what I'm trying to say is you have to prioritize and you have to figure out, okay, what's, how do I take care of my child and work at the same time? This is, this is what people are dealing with. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to work. I just want to take care of Like me neither. Somebody give me a million dollars a year and I'll just, I'll attend all my child's stuff. I'll be there and work on his homework and, We'll practice golf every day. I'll get up with him in the morning. We'll hit 100 balls before school. We'll hit 100 balls after school. We'll go play nine every day. Make sure he's good enough to be on the PGA Tour. Because I was talking, I was like, man, how was Tiger Woods' dad like there for him all the time just practicing? It's like, so you have to prioritize like what for your family, what do you want life to look like? You know, like what income level do you need? What size house do you need? How much do you need to go on vacation? Like whatever that is for you, set some goals and then prioritize. Look like how much can I spend on this and how much can I spend on this? Can we afford another kit? Can we afford three kit? Like those are the types of conversations that you have to have. And most people, they just don't want to do it. They just, they want someone else to take care of it for them. And that's all this incentivizes rather than encouraging people like, Hey, life is difficult. But I promise you, you can find some purpose and meaning and you're going to be really good at it and you can set up a really cool life for yourself and your family. And then those people can go on and be more successful than you. And then that can, that can continue and it has a, a domino effect, not the pizza, but like the like actual dominoes that fall mm -hmm. over on top of each other. Yeah. The what you just said in there, one thing was important was you were questioning, can we afford another kid? And then you have to answer that question. You got to try and plan that out. And if you can't, then you don't have another one. That incentive structure I was talking about earlier, where you just get more allowance the more kids you have. You just get more money. That's other people's problem. You know how you can't uh, you can't spend enough time with your kids because you're trying to work and you can't take care of them. You know the war. You don't got to worry about that. Other people are going to have to work and not spend time with their kids, and then you're going to take some of their money. Mm. Problem solved. You see, there's no issues with the logic in that situation right whatsoever like rich people don't have kids at all they want to spend time with yeah but they got all that extra money man yeah you know they're just going to work their butts off you know what i'm i worked 14 and a half hours yesterday because i really want the government to be able to take more of my money that's why mm -hmm. i did it mm -hmm. yeah it's not because i want to and you don't have kids and so you're mm -hmm. like you're like wow why wouldn't i work more so they mm -hmm. could take it for all these other kids because i decided not to have any <sighs> I wouldn't Isn't be able to handle having kids, man. I just can't do it. But you know, they're only going to take two cents. Yeah. Out of just two cents every out of dollar every above dollar. a billion mm -hmm. a trillion above a trillion. Well, starting from 50 million or Elizabeth Warren's tax plan. Oh, now we're down you know? to Yeah. Yeah. We're down to that. All right. Let's go home. Yeah. We're at the, like a billion hours right now. All right, y'all. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, we had to make up for lost time earlier. Mm -hmm. If you're not part of the live group, you wouldn't understand what we're talking about. So go join the live group, joingml.com. We attempted to start this show twice. And you know what? Third time's the mother truck and charm. And yeah. Nate sifted through his vast brain and found a way to connect the dots and brought the show to um, all of you folks. And I couldn't be more proud 
of the man that he's becoming. <laughs> Just unplug everything and plug it back in. That's exactly. the answer. That is, yeah. That's usually the answer for yeah. a lot of things. It's weird. So share the show with a friend, a family member, a foe, and the children. Indoctrinate them in liberty. And mm-hmm. go to joingml.com. Make sure that you also click the link to uh, pay the wall fee. Mm-hmm. Six bucks a month to be part of the live group. A lot of you have Six gone. Six bucks gets you a coyote across the wall. Okay, that's all it is. One of the cheapest ones you ever saw. Mm-hmm. A lot of you have gone to joingml.com. We can see you out there. And uh, only a few of you have actually paid the coyote fee. And we need more of you to pay the coyote fee so you can come in here and hang out with us. And that's what we, we would just love for you to come hang out with us. And Nate's got his wall fees. You can't be mad about that. The walls cost money. Mm-hmm. So... Go to joingml.com. If you do all of those things, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to do Dumb Bleep of the Week tomorrow. that right? With Spike Cohen. With Spike Cohen. Live. Yep. So go joingml.com if you do all those things. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty.